Welcome to the Refuge Podcast. We are so excited that you're able to join us as we go verse by verse with Pastor John Lanier. We pray that it blesses you and encourages you and that God reveals new things to you through this podcast. Welcome back in Refuge Podcast. I'm your host, John Lanier, and we're in season four looking at the book of Matthew chapter 3, and we've been going through looking at the gospel writers, writing of the the life of Jesus. In today's theme, we're going to look at what repentance is, as it's revealed here in chapter 3. We'll look at a man by the name of John the Baptist. And so I hope that this whets your appetite to go back and actually read the chapter, read chapter 3. And ask the Lord to teach you as you go. And uh, what we're going to see today is is a word that if you've been in the church for any amount of time, you know, you get a sense of what that word means. But I think sometimes when these words get thrown around that uh, we don't get the essence of what it is. Because sometimes people will hear of repentance and uh, they think of some guy in the corner with you know a sign and he's screaming repent because God's going to judge you and there's this automatic bristling at this word and so the the word repentance is uh, to change to move uh, from going one direction go the other direction and so it, it, it speaks of a change that happens on the heart level, that heart change that leads to the changing of the mind, to changing of the the um, you know changing of the life, you know not not just modifying our behavior outwardly, but literally getting down to the bottom line, getting down to uh, just the real core of the issue. And so that's what John the Baptist cries out for. He says in the beginning of chapter 3, he says, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what he's doing is he's introducing the Messiah in a way that leads into, listen, he is bringing the kingdom of God. He is, uh, John the Baptist is a forerunner. He's um, preparing a highway, uh, moving every obstacle out of the way to make way for the coming of the one who will save people from sin. John the Baptist, crazy John, he just, he's out in the wilderness, you know, he's eating locusts, he's wearing the uh, camel's hair, Uh, he's just a, a throwback to the Old Testament prophets. Yeah, he's one of the last of those uh, in line of, of prophets that God raised up in the Old Testament to speak on behalf of the Lord to the people. He was crying out to make way for uh, people to be saved by the Messiah, saved by confessing their sins. And I think that's a huge part of repentance. Now, these people were coming to John uh, by the Jordan River and they were they were confessing uh, where they had sinned against God. You know, sin isn't just against people. Of course it is. It affects the human relationships. And tragically, many people have fallen by the wayside in relationship with each other because of sin. 
but sin is first against God. And, and so John was this guy who is calling people to bear fruits worthy of repentance. That your life is going to be changed when you repent. And I think that's the amazing thing about repentance. Uh, it, it makes me sad to hear that people bristle against this word. Or when they hear it, they think of, um, you know, just a, a, wrong, a wrong representation of who God is. Because repentance is the pathway to freedom. Repentance is the way in which we relate to God. In humility, saying to Him that you're right, I'm wrong, I'm going in your direction. I'm going to forsake everything that I have been doing. Everything that's against you, that's contrary to you, Lord. And I want to go in the way that you have for me. You see, repentance is the way in which we are released from the shackles of sin. Repentance is the way that we enter into truly who God has made us to be. That we wouldn't stay falling short of God's grace. But repentance is the way that we enter into the fullness of the grace of God. Repentance is the way that we receive the mercy of God, the forgiveness of God, and the love of God. You see, repentance is admitting that we're wrong. And that's so hard. Human nature says, no, you need to, to hold on to your, your own conviction. And, and what that does is it forsakes the, the convictions that God brings because of sin. And, and so, repentance... <laughs> is such an important part. And, and it's interesting how it's coupled here with baptism because baptism truly is that outward sign that repentance has happened on the inside, that there's a change of mind, that there's a change of heart, that there's a changing of the lifestyle, that there's a changing of who's in charge, that who's king and who's not, that God truly is the king and that uh, when you repent, you're placing him on the throne of your life and you're saying no to yourself and to your ways. And sometimes it's hard to know uh, if I'm truly living in the will of God or not. The best way to know that, I have found, is repentance. Am I saying, Lord, search me? know me, try me, see if there be any wicked way in me, see if there be any selfish way in me, and lead me in your way, everlasting. Repentance realigns us with the will of God. It, it, it brings us to that place where we're, uh, we're truly seeking the Lord. And so repentance was a huge part of bringing brought to the, the waters of baptism. And so all these people are coming to John the Baptist in the wilderness. They're being baptized. And so he, he's speaking to people there. He's calling people out for sin. He's even calling the religious leaders to, 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 to repent of their sin because they had hypocrisy. And, you know, we all have a tinge of hypocrisy in our heart that needs to be repented of. But he, he says here something interesting, and this is going to lead into our final thoughts about Jesus. I indeed baptize you with water. This is verse 11. 
unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing hand is in his his winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor, and gather his wheat into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And then Jesus came from Galilee to John. So here John is preaching about Jesus. And he's saying, there's one coming who's greater than me. See, John knew his place in the kingdom. And I think that's why John was great in the eyes of Jesus. Because in the kingdom, the greater is the least. You know, the parts of the body of Christ that sometimes get overlooked are the ones that are truly great to the Lord. The ones who aren't, you know, the, uh, the ones in, the, in the, the limelight. Sometimes celebrity culture in the church really puts a hampering on um, the, the glory of the Lord. And it's sad to see, and, and it's something I think that the American church needs to repent of that we have exalted uh, ministries and leaders and systems of religion that sometimes gets in the way of the beauty of what the church is. And and that's a a whole nother study that we don't have time for. Just wanted to touch on it because I love what John does here. He was a leader of of leaders. He was a great man of God, and yet he, he knew in his own heart the humility of knowing that there was one greater that was coming and he was only a forerunner for that one he was only there to prepare a way and to point to jesus see the greatest thing that we can do in the ministry is point to the one that we are not the one but jesus is the one jesus is the greatest and later on john will doubt this and jesus will have to remind him because John was, would go through a trial, one of the greatest trials of his life. And yet, even in that, Jesus reminds him of what he has seen and heard. And so Jesus comes to the waters of baptism. And he didn't do it because he needed to repent. Because that, that symbolism at the waters of baptism, of going down into the water, of repenting of sin, coming down into the water to be washed of our sins, buried with Christ, and then raised up out of the water to be new in Christ, rising with Jesus. That was the symbolism, the repentance and faith down into the water, new life coming up, dead, the body of the, uh, the old man is dead, you know, the, the flesh is dead and you come out of the, the waters as a new person. And but, but Jesus didn't need that. We need that. But Jesus didn't need that. He did it. And even John would try to prove, hey, no, 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 Jesus, you don't need to be baptized. I need to be baptized by you. You're greater than me. And yet Jesus said he did it because he wanted to fulfill all righteousness. Jesus was fulfilling what the kingdom of God would be in all of its fullness, that, that when we come and put our faith in Jesus, that he was the one who did everything for us and that he imparts righteousness to us. You see, we don't come to God as good people. 
We come to God broken and sinful. We come to God with messed up lives. We come to God because we need Him to do something we could never do apart from the work of Jesus. And Jesus came to the waters of baptism. As it says here, when he was baptized, he came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. See, the father is pleased with the son. The work that Jesus was about to start on the earth. You see, this was the beginning of what we're going to look at in the book of Matthew, of the ministry of Jesus. We don't have much from his childhood, his teenage years, but we see him starting his adult life. And he's coming as the true one, the, the one that we need, the one who offers life. He came to fulfill all righteousness. And if we put our faith in Jesus, what he has done, the life he lived, the death that he died, the resurrection from the dead, the ascension to the Father, the one who ever lives to make intercession for us. This Jesus, he's the one that pleased the Father. And if we're in him, the Lord looks on us with pleasure. If we're in Jesus and we've had repentance uh, leading to uh, living in what Jesus has done and enjoying the fruits of, of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Spirit in our lives. If we have that, the Father is looking at you with pleasure today. So I would here's a couple of things, guys. So I would say if you don't know Jesus, today is the day that you bow in repentance to him, recognizing that he is the one who saves you, not you saving yourself, that Jesus saves you. And he offers you life and he calls you to repentance. And he says, if you will come and repent of your sin and put your faith in the finished work of Jesus, the one who fulfilled all righteousness at the waters of baptism and live the life that we could never live and die the death that we should have died and rose from the grave, is sent to the Father and intercedes. If you believe in this Jesus, you will be saved. You'll be part of the family, the family that's global. This is a global movement. Every country, every race, male and female, everybody is called <laughs> to this great family. And I pray that you would do that today. And, and for those of you who have made that decision and yet you find yourself in a season of dryness. You feel like you're far from God. I pray that you know that he's near to you. He loves you and he calls you back. He says, I stand at the door and knock. You don't have to be lukewarm. You can come in and he'll dine with you. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast. We are so excited for all that God is doing in and through your life. If you'd like to hear more from John Lanier, you can find his blog at johnwalterlanier.wordpress.com as well as his YouTube at Refuge TV, where he also goes verse by verse. We hope that you are blessed and encouraged. Have a good one.